Good evening and welcome to NUFC Matters. I feel like I'm reading the news. Um, it's uh, it's it's formal dress. Did you not get the invite? Uh, I didn't get it. No, I I, I would I could. <laughs> we whistling flutes all packed away in there. <laughs> very rarely comes out these days. Shirts. I, I never. I used to wear a shirt at work every single day. I, I can't remember the last time, unless it was on a night out. I had one on. <laughs> anyway, I, I, that, hence the easy the early start tonight. I've got a meeting which I've got to go to uh, dressed in this particular way so um that's why i'm wearing this i haven't just dressed up for the viewers i apologize uh at normal attire will uh, be back tomorrow night uh but as always it's tuesday night i'm joined by liam kennedy from newcastle world and we will be talking through uh, the last seven days at newcastle united and uh, as always liam there are a hell of a lot of talking points to uh, cover tonight and um i guess what we'll do is we'll, we'll go straight in with the questions i will go to andrew anderson uh, on facebook first because I'm guaranteed to forget and it was a question he wanted us to put to Holly but he's asked us to put to you and really he's just saying for matches moving forward um, with regards to protest he, he's saying you know obviously he, he obviously clearly thinks protest can, can help him work and he, he wants to know if we felt that protest banners against the Premier League would be better rather than you know what we saw at the weekend paper planes whistles um, would it not make more sense to have as many people with banners in the stadium um, protesting against the Premier League? Because to be fair, when um, you know the, the one that made it onto the TV, it was taken down pretty quickly, wasn't it? By Sky, they, they moved quickly on, but it certainly gets people's attention. I think. Yeah, it does. And as I've said all the way through this, I take my hat off to anybody who gives something like that a go. Um, I spoke to the guys who who are one of the main organisers of that movement. Um, Great guy, guy called uh, Peter Clennell, um, and he he explained what they were going to do. And, and in principle, I've got no problem with it. I've got, I've got, I'm supportive of it, to be honest. But I did mention, and it's something that's been mentioned throughout the process, that is there really an appetite? I asked the question on Twitter a few weeks ago, and there seems to be an appetite on social media. But if you're match going fan, there isn't. I don't really believe there's a massive appetite to. To protest at the moment. Um, that's not saying the suggestion, the question. That's not saying that the banners wouldn't work. But I honestly think you'd struggle to get enough people to hold the banner up. I really do. And I, and I think anybody who holds a banner up, they'd be ridiculed. It would come from certain sections. I think there's a really small percentage of people who are willing to put themselves out there. And I think that's largely because we haven't got a breaking point. I think, I think there will be a breaking point. There's a breaking point with every fan base, with every team, with every person. And I just don't believe we're quite there yet, even though this has been pretty a grim existence under Mike, under Mike Ashley. Um, a really grim situation, which makes you question the fundamentals of football and the game as a whole um, and how fair it is because of the process of the takeover and what we believe may well have took place and influence uh, exerted from, from certain sections um, of that, uh, of the Premier League and their clubs and uh, executive as well. Um and yeah, but I do think there is there is a, a breaking point, but I just don't think I think it's going to take more than this um, for the fan base to, to unite in some form. It's it's never going to have to unite fully. It's just going to have to get enough parts of the fan base to get a real, um, you know, a vociferous sort of support for this kind of movement. And I just don't look. You've tried it, Steve. Uh, plenty of people have been involved along the way. Um, over the last 15 years and any any movement like this is, has brought I think it's it's easier for a lot of people to ridicule them and, and I don't like to see that um, I think they'll be the first to admit the protest NUFC group that, that it didn't have the impact that they maybe hoped um, look I think their expectations to be honest speaking of them I think their expectations were really low anyway I don't think they expect it to be a flashbang or anything like that Um they expected it may well be low key, but I think they can claim small victories that they did get the banner. It was a, it was a slice of luck that it so happened that the ball flew out and hit the banner. I think at one point, which was how I noticed it. I'll be honest, I was at the game. I didn't notice the the whistles so much. I think I heard one or two maybe in the second half towards the end, um, and I think I did not. I'll be honest, I didn't see the paper planes, nor did I notice them. Um, but look, I, I'm I'm all for people um, having an opinion, having a say, 
And what I don't like to see is the ridiculing of it. Um, look, it's this idea and it's a notion that we've tied over, lots of people have tied over, about uniting the fan base. Can we be united? Well, we all support Newcastle United, but there's a lot of very different people supporting Newcastle United. We're not all the same. So it's unlikely you're ever going to get people all stand together in one movement. You're never, ever going to get that. But what you might get if you get to a cracking point where, for example, you're relegated next X, Y and Z happens and it looks like it's going down the Swanee or something like that, then I would say I would say there might be a there will be a point it'll come to where enough of the fan base will pull together in one cause and, and go at uh, the club or the governing bodies or that manager, whoever it may be. I just I just don't think we're at that point. Even the anti Bruce stuff doesn't feel it lacks a passion to be honest that's my opinion people may be on here I may totally disagree but I find it's it's gathering pace but it's still half arsed if you know what I mean like it's 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 growing and there's more people singing anti Bruce songs but never enough to ever really put any pressure. I don't really feel like, bar a mild discomfort, I don't think he's standing there hearing this thinking, wow, that's they're really on my back here because the crowd isn't really on his back. It starts in the corner, the strawberry corner, and it floods out, and it was bigger against Leeds and a bit louder than it was against Southampton. But again, it, it wasn't sustained. It wasn't um, particularly venomous. It was, it was all quite having a laugh with the lads, quite sort of chanting. I, I don't feel like, obviously I know that a lot of people in social media sort of dispels a lot of anger that people seem to have. I've, I've not seen the anger from the fan base in general. I'm not seeing an anger towards the Premier League anymore. I'm not seeing that, ang- which is what that protest is particularly really specific about. I'm not really seeing the anger towards Mike Ashley and I'm not really seeing any major anger towards Steve Bruce, apart from singing a few so- songs with the lads. Um, effectively, it's not sustained, it's not vociferous. That's not a criticism of anybody out there, it's more uh, a sensing of what the mood is like. I just don't believe we're at cracking point. Um, it will turn if this continues, it will turn. Give it another few home games, and, and um, we're still without a win or, or we're still really struggling, limping along. Then, yeah, it will come to that, and I think it will get a little bit more nasty, but it isn't there. And, and the anti Bruce stuff is. It's not a criticism when I say it's half off. So I hope no fans out there say it's no. as a criticism. It no, I don't crazy. think people are. It's yeah. just a bit of honest. It's a bit of honesty, mate. And um, yeah, I think you're right. Things are ticking along. I think, and that's what what they've said. Look, we've got a hell of a lot of questions to get right, through. Cool. So let's try and get through as many of these as, as possible tonight, because um, yeah, you know we, we very rarely catch up. But everybody who gets in first tends to get the first question yeah, that's uh, cool. asked. So uh, Lee Taylor uh, says, "Did Steve Bruce have a meeting with Lee Charney yesterday about his future at the club?" As I've heard, the Bruce has to get six points from the next four matches. Is there any truth in this room? A lot of stuff flying around last night, especially uh, with the under twenty threes game. People saying that um, you know Ashley was there, etc. And the next question, I might, I might as well stick that in as well. Uh, Darren says rumor Ashley was at the academy last night. Several private jets landed at the Samson end of Newcastle Airport. Well, so- Ashley's not Ashley's though, Darren. There was no, I, I, to my knowledge, there was nothing to do with Ashley. So that, that nips that one potentially in the bud with regards flights. Um, Steve Bruce was definitely there last night, late on. Um, beyond that, it's it's purely, I'll, I'll leave the, the speculation beyond that. I deal in facts. I'll, I'll leave the speculation beyond that uh, to, to fans on Twitter or, or anything like that. There's, there's very little we can say about that. Not because I don't want to say it or can't say it. It's because it, it, it is all very secretive. Um, and and it seems as though Steve Bruce was there, of course. But whether Mike Ashley was there is is up for debate. He may have been there, but he may not have been there. I don't know the answer to that. Okay, that's simple uh, enough answer. And yeah, yeah, lots of rumours flying around. The, the the bottom line is, folks, if Mike Ashley had been there last night, one would have imagined a somebody would have seen him in the crowd. There are plenty of Newcastle fans there. Biffa. And Niall from NUFC.com go to every single game. If one isn't there, the other one is there. And they would have certainly got a whisper. Um, and I would have expected something on NUFC.com to confirm that Mike Ashley was there. 
Unless he was in disguise. Unless he was well, in disguise. He was definitely not at the 23s game. So that's a, that's an absolute fact. Um, he wasn't at the 23s game. Um, I've spoken to a few people who were there, um, sources at the club as well, and and the, there was no sign of, of Mike Ashley there. There were other games going on, and I know they've seen the suggestions about the academy, etc. Um, I don't know the answer to that. Could he okay. Was he wearing a beard and a moustache? Who knows? Could have been. Could have been dressed like this. <laughs> um, okay. Um, might, eh? No, I'm not. Mr. Anderson. <laughs> Mr. Anderson says, random question, and this is on Twitter for both. I don't know if you're going down the same road you did last week, Steve, on the show. He says, but I think you would have more important issues to discuss. He says, but do you love it or hate it? Marmite. Marmite. Not a massive fan, to be honest, no. I, don't, I wouldn't say, I, I definitely don't love it. Do I hate? I don't think I'm that strong against it. <coughs> I, I just, I would say I, dislike. I like it. I do. I like the bother at the match as well. But I love Marmite. Um, Marmite for me is one of them hangover cures. Um, I do like it on. I do like it with some crackers and cheese as well. But it's got to have butter. It's got to have Sounds butter under the Marmite. But it is. It is. It's nice. Some good mild. Mild coloured cheddar cheese and a bit of marmite on a cracker. There we go. Um, Tom Dixon says, Eddie Howe has been cut from 4-1 to one to 6-4 to four favourite to be the next Newcastle United manager. Steve Bruce is as short as 3-1 to one to be the next Premier League manager to leave. Okay, seen a lot of these stats flying around about who may well replace Steve Bruce. Um, Eddie Howe seems to be one of the favourites. But he's hardly come in much, really, has he? It's not. No. It's not. It's not a huge market move that would make you suggest something was going to happen. Coming into six to four, if the bookies thought he was getting a job, he'd be shorter than that. So that's all I would say on that one. In these markets, um, having done a fair bit of working in around betting markets and stuff before, in, pre in my previous job, it doesn't take a lot. It doesn't take a lot of movement or a lot of money for these things to change very, very quickly. And seeing the level of movement there. It could easily be just a couple of bets gone on. Um, could be people who don't really understand, but are looking at it prospectively and maybe saying, "Well, he's under pressure, so I'll put a, I'll lump a bit of money on that. Who's available? But it could be easy, something like that." Um, what I would say on the managerial situation is, are Newcastle United minded? It would go against the grain for Newcastle United to this point in the season. Um, having been been in a much worse situation last season for quite a long time, to to um, basically bullet Steve Bruce, it, it would go against the grain as the way they work. So I wouldn't let yourselves get too excited out there. Anybody who's sort of being for blood with Bruce, um, because it does really go against the grain, despite what the betting markets might say. Um, and and I think it's probably one we'll just have to wait and see. Look, there are caveats to that. And I know we've got to get through questions, so I'll quickly mention this one. The caveat that I would say that could change things is whether Steve Bruce has had enough. It make I would suspect that point is more likely to come quicker than Mike Ashley pulling the plug. Yeah, okay. Uh, Stu Taylor says, if we played a back four who just defended, played two holding midfielders in front, who would be your combination of the four players to grab you a goal? Stuart, I'm going to pull you up on that straight away. I don't like seeing any team pay two holding midfielders. I think two two holding midfielders is, is is at least one too many. I don't think you need to sit with two holding midfielders. So um, the four in the, the look, I think they're not million miles away from probably the team when they finish. The team that I would be probably looking to pick. Um, if if I was picking the team on Saturday, and I'll only go on Saturday, if I was picking the team for Watford, I would go with. Um, just the four players. Um, obviously, I, I would have sent, I would stay with St. Maximin Central. I'd play Joe Linton left, and that's going to be controversial to people. I would play uh, totally out of position, but it's better than than has been. I would I would toss a coin between Almiron and Fraser, um, and I would play Longstaff as the advanced midfielder, which I thought he was excellent in the other day against Leeds. Um, his confidence has really grown. He's got a real versatility. And the other two midfielders, Joe Willock can't play that position, by the way. Um, that's why Arsenal got rid of him, because it's the formation that Arsenal play. He can't play that advanced midfield role. Um, so I would play him in the two with Hayden. That, that's that's the way I would play it. And I would play four at the back. I'd bring Fernandez in because he's, he's the best defender at the football club, despite him getting older. 
um, and probably stick mostly with the rest of the team that was there. And Kate Tom says, Watford away, Wolves away, Spurs at home, Chris, uh, Crystal Palace away and Chelsea at home. How many points do you think? Um, I don't think it's out of all realms of possibility that they can get... They could, they could get seven. They could, but do I think they will? I'm not sure. Look, I'm going to say seven. Yeah, why not? Okay. Um, on to Albalid. Uh, good evening, mate. He's uh, had an absolute nightmare, Albalid. Our friend from Saudi, of course, being a contributor to a lot of the programs that we've done over the last uh, year and a half. And uh, he says, evening, Stephen Liam. Uh, I would just like to thank Steve and thank you all for helping my new account on Twitter. I can't believe the support which I've still had. And I just can't say thank you uh, deeply from my heart. Let's watch Steve and Liam Howey, the lads. Thank you, Albeed. Uh, we will continue to support you, mate. Good to see your numbers are getting back up. Malcolm says, uh, hi, lads. What does the cat case mean to the supporters? And will that allow the takeover to go through? A lot of people are still confused about what the cat case actually is, Liam. Can you give Malcolm an abridged version of events? Yeah, so, so the cat case, obviously, as you know, has been taken by St. James's Holdings. Um, against the Premier League, which is obviously like a, a subsidiary company, Mike, one of Mike Ashley's um, vehicles. Um, so, yeah, they're taking an action, um, seeing anti-competitive behaviour. Um, they're pushing for um, compensation for the delays, and they're also pushing for certain uh, hurdles to be taken out of the out of the uh, equation um, with regards to takeover. Um, does would would win in the hearing on the well basically the hearing on the 29th which has been set for 10:30 will be available anybody can watch it um that was via my conversation with cat yesterday uh, representatives there um even though there's been a change to the diary entry on there that live streaming is still expected so yep yeah, that's where we stand with that one that hearing will decide whether the premier league are basically challenge challenging whether they believe the competition appeal tribunal which is cat um, have the jurisdiction to rule over um, the particular points that Newcastle United have put forward. That's largely because Newcastle United signed up with a certain set of rules when you become when you're a Premier League club, um, and one of those rules is that you know you don't take each other to court and things like that. You deal with things mostly in house, um, with a sort of take it to an arbitration, which is private and keeps things behind closed doors. So that's what the Premier League want to do. Newcastle United aren't want to do that at all. They want to make this public. They want to um, try and shame the Premier League and push them into a corner, in my opinion, um, into pushing deal through. So what we've got on the 29th, uh, which is next Wednesday, I think, next Wednesday at 10.30, um, will be a live stream of that case. Um, and it will decide whether... Um, decide whether the cat case should run whether it can run or if the premier league uh, win their appeal then it would be uh, it, it would be down to the premier league to decide where how that was dealt with and it would almost certainly be a behind closed doors arbitration um, so that's where we are with that um, it's probably just going to have to be a, a keep an eye on it does does winning that does the win in the hearing next week mean a takeover goes through um, probably not because there are lots of moving parts with this but would it make it uh, would it make it slightly easier? Yes, yes, it would. But the, the key point is why I say slightly easier. The key point here is that there is likely to be a, an appeal process in this. Um, and the Premier League could appeal should Newcastle or should St James's Holdens uh, win the win the case, win the hearing. Um, then yeah, they, they can appeal it, and, and that, who knows how long that could take? That could take any length of time. So what we'll have to do is we'll just have to wait and see what comes of that. Um, the ideal scenario is that St James's Holdings win, um, but I, I do. I'm led to believe I'm not a legal expert. I'm led to believe that there is a right to appeal on that, um, and that could potentially become problematic when we talk about timescales. Okay, Alex Beebe, um, I did see your question. He's posted it twice. He says, uh, "Steve, it was Keith who tweeted saying Ashley was at the training ground last night. Also went as far as saying he turned up in a twenty-plate uh, Bentley four by four. Um, yeah, I, I, I did see that, and um, yeah, I mean, me and Keith have been in touch today, but." Keith's abroad, he's on holiday, and he's relying on other people, and I'm not saying those people aren't trustworthy. Keith swears down that these people wouldn't, uh, you know, feed him with a, a line. So um, just, you know, if he was here, we'll never know what he was here for. Does it mean wheels are turning? Who knows? Um, I'm sure we'll find out. And as Liam says, 
Keith will be on the show Friday. We'll ask him. Uh, then you also asked, uh, is there any truth in the Albani rumours? Which, again, is a question which is getting bandied around in the chat. Um, are we uh, set for an Indians? Uh, I'll definitely be having one at the weekend. Probably fancy one now we're talking about it. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to. I'm not going to wildly speculate. There's enough people out there uh, who are willing to do that for us. So while I haven't got a lot of information with regards to that, um, I've had nobody say it's absolute. I've had nobody rule it out. Put it that way. But nor have I had anybody rule it in. So that's why you haven't seen me write anything. As I mentioned on the show last week. Um, if I had absolute concrete information on anything with regards to Ambarney or Ashley being there or not being there, or it would have been written and you would have seen it on Newcastle World by now. So, look, I've said it. Treat everything with a pinch of salt and a, and a, and a do, healthy dose of scepticism. And then, you know what? You might just be surprised if, if it turns out that some of this stuff does is true and, and works out because that's what we all want, isn't it? We all want this deal. We want this takeover. And I do think a lot of people... Maybe guilty of running too far down that road and adding arms and legs to things and and connecting dots that aren't there to be connected and, and look, it's it's a fraud place. We've all we've all walked this road, um, but yeah, just treat it with a, a dose of scepticism. That's my that's my advice. Yeah, Jasper, I did see that sketch, the Harry Enfield and Chum sketch. It did look very like Bruce and Jones. It's been circulating. Liam, have you seen it? Where one coach is uh, doing that, so the other one copies him. Have you seen that? It's quite funny. Ah, uh, is that not is that not from one of those Scottish comedies? Like, uh, oh, it's from something. It looked certainly looked like Harry Enfield and Chums, but it could have been anything really. But it was it was it was funny. I didn't I didn't uh, I, I didn't quite make out who it was, but yeah, I did see it. It was quite funny. Anyway, Carl says, uh, "When is Debravka expected to return to first team football? And are the Watford and Wolves matches too early?" I would suggest Watford is definitely too early, judging by the time scales that were given to me a little while back. I would also suggest that Wolves is probably too early. Then after Wolves, you have an international break. Newcastle don't play again until they've got Tottenham. It's at James's Park. I would think that's probably when we might see Martin Dubravka. Um, it's an interesting one, not to go too detailed into it, but it's a really interesting one. Um, I would, as soon as he's fit, I would play him because I think he wins more points than he loses. I think he's a key, uh, key steadying influence in the team from the back. Um, but Steve Bruce, remember didn't bring him straight in last time and stayed loyal to Carl Dolo. That was having had him in the team for the large part of the, the six months previous. Um, but it'd be interesting to see how loyal Steve Bruce uh, stays to Carl Dolo um, when Dubravka comes back because it's, it's not going to be too long down the line. And, and he's only just made that big decision in taking Freddie Woodman out with his, with his injury um, and putting Carl Dolo in the team. Harry, I don't think there's any uh, any trouble uh, that Barca or Arsenal will come knocking for Steve Bruce. I can answer that one. Lee says, uh, see the fella who plays the Barca ways, joined Forrest. The bloody chronicle had my hopes up that he was going to be the man to replace Steve Bruce. Yeah, expecting a Barca rise for uh, Nottingham Forest now that Steve Cooper's gone there, Liam. No, not at all. Uh, and UFC 8092 says, uh, bacon or sausage sandwich? Bacon and the crispier the better for me. And exactly that with uh, HP, HP brown sauce on, spot on. If it's if it's not cheap bacon, just butter does me. As long as it's a bit of, got a touch of salt in it, that would be good. Protest is ticking along, says Tune Twenty Twenty. Mark says it uh, would have been interesting to see what would have happened if the lad had gone on the pitch from the Gallagher end. Yeah, I did see him getting carted off. I'm interested. Does anybody know for any information about that? Because I'd seen it happening and just assumed because. All the talk in the run up of the game was that there might be Leeds fans popping about in and around the ground. Um, so I'd kind of been of the assumption at the game, oh, I think it was probably another one of them Leeds lot trying to get on the pitch, which is what happened um, two or three years ago, didn't it? Um, but now it'd be interesting to see if anybody comes and chat and has any information on on what that was all about and who it was and what they were attempting to do, to be honest, because I'd assumed it was it was a disruption with Leeds, but it, it may well have been something protest related. Was it, was it that? I, I don't know. Yeah, he did have his clothes on, so it wasn't a streaker. Yano uh, says, uh, how as fans can we criticise the way our club is run when we can't organise a protest against the Premier League who are denying us the opportunity of a lifetime? Yeah, good point. Uh, John says, uh, bona fide deals are common between Britain and Saudi. The one instance away from this is the EPL uh, distrusting Saudi, uh, which, uh, again, you know, we can't, we, you know, we can't deny that there's obviously issues uh, going on behind the scenes. Peter uh, says, some people will only protest when it's too late and we are already relegated. 
Ryan says, seen a blog on the Tomb Review and the stadium was dead. Nothing like the old days, unfortunately. Colin says, Liam, do you think the Premier League will be granted a delay in the cat case? Colin, it's an absolutely impossible question to answer. Um, it doesn't look that way. It looks like we're getting to the point where there will be some decision on the jurisdiction on the 29th. Um, it looks as though we're getting to that point. Then we know after the 29th whether it runs or not, almost certainly. And then I'm led to believe, again, I'm no legal expert, so nobody, if, if anybody has any superior knowledge, please get in touch and, and, and get involved and, and let the fans know. But it sounds like there'll be some kind of um, it, almost a case management, I think it's it's called, after that, where she'll decide uh, in which manner that it runs and a timescale on that as well. So, so yeah, I, I, think, I, I don't think we're going to be at a point where delays happen. But, like I say, if there's an appeal, then that could delay proceedings. Mm-hmm. The timescale on that, I've, there's been legal ex, legal, the illegal expert that I've spoken to suggests they could be up to 12 months, but who knows? Tom says, I heard Ashley attended the academy uh, disguised as Henry Morris. Uh, Does anybody know what Henry Morris looks like? Or is that just... Yeah, yeah, I've seen a picture of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's been on this show a couple of times. Um, we've, had, we've had like people ring in and just pretend to be him and then off the go. So, yeah, we've had a... Had a couple on here. Uh, Yano says the morning masses are just happy to slag off the few who are willing to at least try. Andrew Anderson says he enjoys peck on toast with cheese. Thanks for that. Ryan says he likes drinking marmite, but not eating it. Drinking marmite? Drink it? No, oh, I don't know. Like a bovril type drink. I, I think maybe it's like it, it has got the hint of bovril, hasn't it? Peter G says marmite and toast with butter is awesome. It is, yeah. It's got to be hot. It's got to be melted butter. Stephen, uh, are you going to do a live with the fighting trolls? Uh, what is? What are the fighting trolls? Is that a gang or is it a? Is it a band? Is it or or whatever? I don't know. Tom says Aldi or little or Aldi or little. Um, it's Aldi for me, mate. I don't know about you, Liam. Are you more of a Tesco's boy? Well, do you know what? I, I'm. I am an Aldi. I do go to Aldi, um, but I've fallen out of love with it a bit recently. I've had some, I've had some iffy bits and bobs from Aldi. I thought no, so so I'm mixing it up now. I'm sort of getting some of my stuff from one shop, some from another. But Aldi, you can't beat it for a lot of the stuff. It's good value. Sponsorship coming in from Aldi now for Liam. Uh, Andrew Anderson says, "Question: Have you ever tried a chicken parmo from Teesside? Never. No, I haven't ever. Yep, I have. I've had one in Teesside. I think it only counts if you have one down there. But they are nice. Manjaros, of course, in Newcastle. If you want to try one, Liam." Um, have the extra hot one and get the big one. It uh, fills you up for the day. John, nice. from really nice, I yeah, yeah. Get a hot shot. Get a right. hot shot. Uh, they are quite nice. Just basically chicken, breaded chicken, che- load of melted cheese on, and, and different toppings. But the hot one's nice. Um, John Justice Allen says, "Love a bovril at the match." Yeah, I think we all do. I like a bovril, like warms you up in the winter, doesn't it? John and I were at York together in the pre-season friendly and um, John went to get a pie. Dear me, it, uh, it was 28 degrees at York. The pie was 28 degrees when he bought it and it was, I think it was 32 degrees by the time I came to bite it. Um, but yeah. Uh, James, we hope you're having a good time. Are you there on holiday or are you there? Uh, do you live there? But uh, thanks for tuning in, mate. And uh, yeah, Rachel says you can't beat a bovril. Uh, ben has never tried a bovril, he says. Oh, you're missing out, Ben. It's a cracker. Yeah, uh, I, I would agree. Uh, this is Maya, I think he's talking about. Um, I'm not sure who he's doing. Yeah, he's a similar record. Most recent appointments. Generally, he's going to get as much higher in the league. Talking about Eddie Howe. That's uh, filling in from that conversation. Tom says, Liam, any news on Shelby? When is he due back? I heard a few conversations in and around Newcastle after the match. Uh, a lot of people saying we're missing Shelby. Um, of course, he's a player that causes, you know, uh, a split, split down the middle, I guess, for fans. Um, some people feel that. We do miss his ball playing skills and his, you know, his chance to pick a pass. Whereas, you know, and, and they're willing to forgive him and not being as committed with running up and down the pitch, uh, his efforts. But you know, I, I would, you know, any news on when he's coming back? Uh, what I would say is on that argument is no, I don't know when he is coming back, but I don't think he's a million miles away to be honest. Um, but what I would say on on that is, I think if you want to change formation and go to this four two three one whatever it may be, then. Um, I don't think Shelby fits in all that well. Um, but I think when you play him in a midfield three, which which they have been, and he was better towards the back end of last season, then I think, yeah, he's um, he, he can add value. Um, and I'm not his biggest fan, to be honest. Um, and he's a better ball player than, than um, uh, 
better ball player than uh, Isaac Hayden. I just want to go on that comment there. Somebody was saying Manchester United. Paul Pogba has been playing centre midfield. He ain't no, he ain't no holding midfielder, I can assure you. Yeah, long staff is shocking. End of, says Daniel. Um, again, I think he's playing better uh, than he did last yeah, season. Much better. Um, I think he's he's getting a run of games. We're starting to see the, the old Sean, Sean Longstaff. Definitely, because he came in and he, he was he was decent in the the deeper role, which isn't really his natural role, but is one that Rafa was keen to coach him into, and obviously broke through into the team in that role. But I think uh, we've seen it. I thought he was brilliant against Leeds, to be honest. In a, in a really tough game, in a, in a energetic game, he, he kept he kept the energy levels up. Played one unbelievable pass, which was like a throwback to when. He just has that confidence on the ball when he start. He started to get a run of games, which he hasn't really had because he had a lot of injuries, all that kind of thing. He's playing games now, and he's getting a bit of confidence about him. And I think we're starting to see the real Sean Longstaff. I think he really adds value to that midfield. So, look, it's a game of opinion, Daniels. You don't rate him. It's a game of opinions on Joe Linton. A lot of people have made their mind up on him, but again, I think he's added a little bit of value to to the team since March when he's played. Um, I kind of finished for Toffee, and you don't want that as a striker, do you? But I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not gonna. Just because I've got a preconception of a player and I've already made my mind up, I'm not going to continue down that road. As I've said with Shelby, I'm not his biggest fan, but I'll I'll say to anybody that I think he could come back into this side and add a bit of value to it. And I'll say the same on Joel Linton. Newcastle United, after that first 15, 20 minutes, were dominated against Leeds on Friday night. Anybody, you can't deny that. There was one player that stood up and started chasing, got physical, won balls, pushed forward. Joel Linton, he led from the front. He led from the front, particularly in that first half. And just because you made your mind up on on a player, in particular somebody like that, who has been an absolute waste of money with regards to what was spent and the level of performances consistently we've had over two and a half years. But don't let that cloud your judgment in, in judging a footballer and saying what you see. And that's what I always stand by. Look, I, I, would, I, would I say I'm going to build a team around somebody like that? Not in a million years. But I'll say what I've seen on Friday. And I've seen a lad who tried his heart out. Um, literally tried his heart out, put loads of graft in. And I'd say the same as Sean Longstaff as well. They're not players. like Longstaff in particular is not somebody who goes hiding. Um, yes, he's fallen short at times um, in his time at Newcastle, but he's getting a run of games. He's got a bit of confidence. And, and quickly, I know we've got loads of questions. I'm going to say something about Ryan Fraser too. Not on the... He's been a, Look, it's been a disaster signing. Of course we're now, but it's been a disaster really in terms of the level of performance that he proved he's got previously, that he can go over Scotland and produce decent performances too. Um, I think it's a confidence thing and I think it's a, a fitness thing. He's never since he's been here uh, had a run of games where he's been in playing. He's played five, six, seven, eight games in black and white on the bounce. Some may say he hasn't deserved that, but he's never had that run. And I think until a player has a run like that, I think it's really difficult to judge them. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, big shout out, as always, to our sponsors uh, who uh, have supported us, a lot of them from uh, from the day one. Uh, big shout out to Spider VPN, uh, Google Spider VPN. They come up at the top of your search list and they protect your computer for all your VPN um, expertise, uh, protect your photographs, your passwords, everything on your computer. They are the boys to trust. Also, skipsandbins.com. Big thanks to Scott and the boys. Telephone 0800 25 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website www.skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. LNG Family Funeral Directors have been with us for the last couple of months now as well. 0191 389 7245. And to John at qtechshop.co.uk. The makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls and Newcastle. And, of course, the man who runs our website, nufcmatters.com. Big thanks to John at Jab Signature for uh, producing our flyers. And if you're a first-time visitor to the channel, then want to subscribe, hit the Newcastle Legends logo in the bottom right-hand corner. We are quickly approaching 42,000 subscribers. Hit the thumb up to like the videos. Click share to share to your other social media. Drop into the comments box. Over 500 people watching tonight. Uh, please drop into the comments box and speak to like-minded Newcastle fans. Also, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, all your podcast providers, all of our shows that you find on NUFC Matters uh, will be uploaded on there within 24 hours. So get yourself on there. If you miss out on YouTube, all the shows are in the playlists. You can choose whichever one you want to watch and sit and watch uh, a last year and a half uh, of shows that we have put out there. 
Uh, don't forget, though, we have got a website, nufcmatters.com. Uh, we've got lots of stuff on there, including the London Colin T-shirts, which are £15. And uh, we have Rob Lee, uh, Les Ferdinand as part of that package. And we've also got Ryan Taylor over the wall T-shirts, again, £15 from nufcmatters.com. Plenty of events coming up over the next couple of months, starting with Gavin Peacock at the Tyneside Irish Centre on the 29th of October. Tickets are £15. Uh, Gavin will be uh, bringing copies of his book to sell and to sign that night. And the tickets for that are from newcastlelegends.com. And you can also uh, see uh, an evening with Supermac at our Christmas party, which uh, has been delayed uh, from last year. Uh, that is November the 19th. Tickets for that are £12 with all proceeds going to the NUFC Food Bank. Gibbo and Supermac doing a talk-in that night for the supporters. And a lot of people off NUFC matters will be there as well. And on the 26th of November, a, uh, a couple of weeks later, an evening with Peter Beardsley. Uh, tickets selling for that quite well already. www.newcastlelegends.com. Tickets for that one are £15 as well. So get yourself along to the Tyneside Irish Centre in Newcastle. And uh, yeah, be good to see you there. And I do believe Johnny Q-Tech has started doing Toon Tipster Brune Ale bottles. Uh, so get on the website, have a look. Um, Joe, obviously the Toon Tipster on a Friday night, um, yeah, I think he needs an arm around him. Uh, I've seen his, uh, I've seen him on Twitter today and just felt as if he'd been missed out. So I'm going to make a big fuss of you, Joe. Don't you worry about that, son. Uh, Life Goals says, Liam, do you think Wijnaldum, uh, Wijnaldum and Haman would have hung around longer had Daglish and relegation not ruined Newcastle during those respective times? Interesting question and uh, a trip back into the past. No, I think I don't think I think Haman was it was it. I don't know. I think I don't think it was a great. There was there was, a, there was issues and stuff behind the scenes there. I'm not exactly sure. Obviously, it's it's. I was just a kid at the time, um, but I think there were issues behind the scenes there. Steve may be able to say more on that. Uh, but with regards, Quine uh, Aldum, yeah, I think he was he, he he was really keen to sign for Newcastle United, and I think had relegation not come about, he might well have stayed. Um, and he's a type of lad who, in the position that he was playing for Newcastle United. Could have went on, scored regular ten to fifteen goals per season because of the type of uh, runs he makes into the box and the position he was allowed. Um, yeah, yeah, really fantastic footballer, and and you know what is is a really likable character too, and the type that I don't mind looking now and saying, look, I'm really pleased he went on to do really well because look, he, he maybe went missing at times during that relegation season, took a little bit of took a little bit of blame, but yeah, I think for me, I think he was a, a fantastic footballer. Paul Kinson, yes, the Irish Centre is wheelchair accessible. Uh, they've got a lift there and uh, you will be able to get to the room, so uh, don't worry about that. Lots of people asking the same question as Tom. Uh, will we be doing a cat live watch-along? I hadn't planned on it, uh, I've got to be honest. Maybe we will do something after the cat case has uh, streamed. Uh, obviously, it's not the actual case. It's a, it's a, it's you know, it's a, it's a hearing to see whether the case should be viable and go ahead. So... I, you know, I would imagine we will do something that night. Well, what I would say with that, Tom, is that, that right, so the cat have said that they still expect, they see no reason at all why it wouldn't wouldn't go ahead as a live stream. So there is the possibility that it may not be live streamed. They're saying it will, but there is that possibility. The second one is whether the platforms that it's streamed on would be able to take the amount of numbers of people who are potentially going to log in to try and watch it. That would be my second reservation if if it does end up getting live streamed, that, that there might be a lot of disappointed people not able to watch it. But it, mm -hmm. it is a basic premise that you, you should be able to watch it. Um, and, and I think it could make for potentially interesting viewing. It could but to be honest, to be honest, I mean, Tom says he's Tom's just come in the chat there and says he's joking about doing a live, watching live. But oh, right. with it being a Wednesday... Um, you know, the retro show is coming to an end very shortly because it, we've, we've virtually done all the teams. So with it being a Wednesday next week, I would imagine, yeah, uh, Keith's in the chat. I think we'll probably end up doing something next Wednesday. We might do a special about the cat case. So, yeah, good good shout. Um, we, we will certainly do something next Wednesday. We will put the European adventures, I think, to, uh, to the week after for the retro show. But I don't plan this show. I've never planned it in a year and a half. I'm not going to start now. And I certainly don't plan that far ahead. So, yeah. 
I think let's do something next Wednesday night. If um, if there's anything of any significance, I'm sure Liam will spend five minutes popping on and giving us his views or whatever. But um, we will we will talk about that behind the scenes and come back to everybody in the public domain at some point. Uh, Kevin says, "Have you been on the Sherbets, Liam? Three versus Watford at a push. One versus Spurs. Now versus Wolves, Palace or Chelsea." But I'm liking your thoughts. Well, what I would say is is go put them back up again. You put that up again, Steve, just so I can work it out right. So, like Watford's an unknown. Um, Spurs, look, we've got results against Spurs in the in the not too distant past. So I'm not going to write that off. Uh, we got it. We got a draw at Wolves last season, and things were rubbish last season. Um, we beat Palace away, and what equally is rubbish last season. Um, Chelsea's a right off. There's something else this season. I'll, I'll give you that one. But look, I'm not going to write off anything of the other games. We could easy. I'm not going to also write off the fact we could get an out from barely any of them. We'll make it the odd point. But for me, I, I see... Look, I think we can get stuff. I think we can get something. Um, I don't see... I don't think we're going to go through the season have finishing, you know, end up with about 15 points um, and, and be bottom of the table. I don't don't believe that. I think Newcastle will pick up wins and I think it's only a matter of time. Um, feel free to jump on the comments in about a month's time when I'm still saying the same thing but uh, for the time being I'm not going to panic too much Okay, um, lots of people concerned in the chat Mark Mark asked the question as well about uh, Joe Willock picture circulating with a protection on his foot is he is he a doubt for the weekend? I don't know, I've not seen, this. I've not seen the, those pictures I've not seen those pictures so I couldn't possibly comment Okay, uh, Dave C says, any truth in the rumours around a possible restructure of the PIF bid? I think we had this last week. Do we know if the talk of Mukesh Ambami being interested is true? We've discussed the Indian link. Um, restructuring, I'll answer that question. I'd say no, not at all. Um, you know, my, my latest from the potential buyers, PCP, PIF, etc., was that there's been no change on their behalf and they're waiting for the 29th. And that sounds fair. You've come, you've come this far down the down the road to then suddenly change would, would be unusual. But I can also see the opposite. And if they could find a way of getting around certain rules and regulations by restructuring things, then why not? But it's certainly not something I've heard either. No, definitely not. Um, if Ashley sold ESM for sixty million, would he then accept two hundred and forty million for the club? Says Life Goals. I suppose. Would you say a football club without a the best player that they've got does does that does that equate? You know, is it are they still a two hundred and forty million pound club? I don't know. Um, I'm not a financial expert, but I don't think that I don't believe he would do that. No, I think he would. I think he set his price, which has fluctuated over the years. It's got it's three fifty million. It was four hundred million at one point. And it's down to three hundred million, and I just think he wants somebody to pay decent money for it and prove that they've got the money to pay for it, rather than than. Buy now, pay later, as with with fancy people like Peter Kenyon at the front of the bid and saying, "Okay, then we'll buy, we'll buy, we'll pick you sixty million now and sixty million in in, in a year and then sixty million and never." You know what I mean? It's I think you just want somebody to pay the money and and, and I think if somebody else comes in and, and offers to pay the money, if this if this PIF bid uh, does fall by the wayside, the PCP consortium, then then I think you'll sell. I don't I don't actually buy the idea that he's a reluctant sell out I would I would more twist it to say that he's somebody that maybe doesn't know the value of something that he's got yeah okay uh, even in Steve even in Liam question by Liam does he believe Eddie Howe's on his way in and do you think he would make us any better uh, I struggle to see how an Eddie Howe could make us any worse um, do I believe that he's on his way in at this moment in time no I don't okay uh, tea or coffee says Ben Smith Coffee for me all day, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm not a massive tea. I used to love, used to love a pot. Of, nothing better than a pot of tea when you're absolutely hanging after a night out the next morning. I could drink a full pot of tea, dead refreshing. But coffee all day for me if I'm choosing. Yeah, tea for me first thing in the morning. Uh, I usually have two coffees a day. Uh, get some strange questions on this show, Liam. Uh, James Douglas says, uh, Liam, how can the Premier League be allowed to appeal against the appeal they are appealing now? They are not appealing to me. No, they're not, they're not appealing to many people, James. Um, but no, what it is is effectively that they, no, they're what they're doing is they're challenging, um, they're challenging the jurisdiction. So they're saying you don't. We've got an agreement with Newcastle United. 
this is probably what they're saying. You, we've got an agreement with Newcastle United. This is all paraphrasing, by the way. Um, we've got an agreement with Newcastle United, and this is the way we deal with things. So mm-hmm. you can't rule on this because we'll deal with it behind closed doors. Um, and that that they could, if that then goes against them, where they say no, we do have jurisdiction. Your um, your challenge hasn't worked. They can appeal that decision. Yeah, uh, Marmite flavored crisp says Mark. Yeah, they're quite good for hangovers as well. A uh, glass half full or half empty? Oh, I think many people who come across me probably accuse us of being a half empty, but I think most people on this show might say I was the opposite. Certainly, many of me cricket critics critics would certainly say half full, but look, somewhere in the middle, somewhere in the somewhere middle. in the middle. That's me as well. <laughs> uh, Tom says, in my early days at St James's, I, I had a bovril and a wagon wheel at half time. Oh, wagon wheel! I'm not a fan of that. Like. <laughs> I don't know, wagon, wheel, wagon wheels were weird. You didn't dip it in, did you? Oh, God. <laughs> they're, still, they're still weird wagon wheels. Like I, I don't like them, but I don't dislike them. And I, it's one of them. I'll, I'll just have it at some point. But, yeah, they're usually for the kids' bait. That's what a wagon wheel is these days. Uh, Kevin McGarry says, oh, the old asbestos pie. Don't dribble the gravy down your chin. It burns a tad. You're right there. <laughs> Exposure TV, good evening, uh, says, on another note, St. Maximin is going to be worth £100 million by next summer. Certainly, his performances so far this season have been the best I've seen. Um, he's getting more consistent and he's getting goals. Yeah, what I would say is if he continues in this vein of form, I think he's got two assists and two goals already in the first five games. If he continues in that vein and gets a fair amount of assists and and uh, goals this season, I think that's exactly the season that Alan St. Maximin had to have. Um, because there are question marks still um, why people haven't come in for him. It's because of that consistency. He hasn't been able to stay fit enough and produce performances at a certain level for long enough in the Premier League to warrant somebody splashing 60, 70, however it might, much it might cost him, a uh, million pounds uh, for him. Because we've seen it with players in the past. When you sign for that kind of money for a top club, they expect a certain level of performance week in, week out. Um, I think the latest example of where a player has left Newcastle United for big money and really has disappointed an opposition fan base is probably uh, Jose Perez and Leicester City. Now, I'm not saying they're a bigger club than Newcastle United, but they're on a different level at the moment. And they're signing for £30 million, and you sign the centre-forward or striker forward, whatever it may be, you expect them to score goals, create. You don't expect Jose Perez, who sometimes flits in and out, uh, he's a fantastic finisher, but then he'll go look 17 games without a goal. And you don't expect that when you pay 30 million pounds. And I think that's what Alan St. Maximum needs to. Uh, he needs to shut that up this season. He needs to go out and play, play probably 35 games and make sure he scores 10 goals. And if he does that, then then clubs will come knocking. Yeah, I've just been sent the photo on Twitter from it's Mark Laidler who's put it on Twitter. Long day at school, then you bump into Joe Willock. Always put a smile on your face. Uh, so this is it. And I'll just take the comment off. Bear with us. Yeah. That's a pretty good yeah. yeah, so worth having, a, uh, worth having a, a, a question about that, I suppose, at some point, Liam, when you can tomorrow and find out. Um, sticking on your uh, Newcastle World site, where people always go for the uh, info. Liam, Shelby or Longstaff? I prefer Sean Longstaff as a footballer, personally. Okay. And Gary says, good evening, Stephen Liam. Can it be Cheesy Chips at uh, Sheffield United Football Club or Mince Pie with Peas and Gravy at Newcastle United Football Club? I wonder if he means SAFC, do you think? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I... uh... I've never had anything needed at Sunderland, to be fair. I'm t- usually too inebriated going down there. Um, I would always choose a mince pie anyway. That would be my... I would, I would prefer a pie yeah. than, than, a, uh, than a tray of chips. I quite enjoy the curry pie. I tend to look for a curry Oof. pie when I'm at the match. Um, yeah, they're quite nice, do you know what I mean? But um, yeah, mince, if you've got to, I suppose. Anything that buy pucker is good. Is pucker. Uh, Paul says, bacon grill or spam? Uh, neither. It's a long time since I've had anything like that. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I'm not a fan of spam. Like, definitely not. Put off by Monty Python. James Mannion says, I live here. Maltese Magpie. Good mate. Uh, thanks for tuning in. As I said earlier, Exposure TV. Shelby's vision and passing is top level, but he needs to be in a three-man central formation to cover him. Yeah, I agree. And that's exactly what the point I was getting at before was that 
his, his faults are covered with that extra man in midfield. When you take him out and you put him in a two, then then those faults get laid bare. Okay, Chris says, uh, not tuned in for a while. I uh, hope you're well, mate. Hope the kitchen business is doing well. Says, uh, looking dapper. Are you back on the doors? No, I'm going out. I'm not on the doors. Uh, herbal tea or normal tea? Normal tea. Can't stand herbal. Uh, I would I would go normal tea too, but I actually do quite like a peppermint tea as well. All right, okay. Um, only if I'm ill. Yeah. If I've got indigestion, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Craig Bell, Shelby in the whole midfield role is a liability. Uh, quadrophenia or to be someone? To be someone, man. Please. It's a question for you, that, isn't it? <laughs> it's a question for you where you've got to say to be someone. To be I guess. someone, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually first, I, I've watched it for the first time in the weekend. It's the first time me, the missus, and the bo- both the kids have been in the house. And it's always weird watching it with your family. But uh, yeah, needless to say, I had the Mick took out of us considerably. But uh, but yeah, they enjoyed it anyway. So it was good. Have a little premiere with sweets and popcorn and all that. So it was nice. nice. Um, who would win a race to the top of the stairs in the away end? Steve or me or Liam? It's absolutely Steve. He's a walking machine. <laughs> <laughs> He's conceded, he's conceded. Stu says uh, Southgate uses two holding midfielders. Uh, Favourite pizza topping, says Rage. No, it's not. It, doesn't. It's not, it isn't two holding midfielders. It isn't. Calvin Phillips isn't a holding midfielder. Okay, Rachel says Favourite pizza topping. If it's Domino's, ham and mushroom for me. Um, but I've also, I like to add jalapenos to it. My favourite pizza would be uh, something like pepperoni and jalapenos. That would be my top of the list. Donald asks if I'm auditioning for 007. Yes, the buddy, Donald. Uh, Ryan says, uh, Shelby in midfield, Bruce on the touchline, Cashley in the owner's box, and we wonder why we have no passion. Uh, ben and Jerry's or Hagen Das, says Peter G. Ben and Jerry's for me, like, absolutely hands down. Yeah, I quite like a bit of Hagen Das. Yeah, really? I, I, I do, yeah. Exposure yeah. to, I, I just like, I just like the Hagen Das texture, you know. But I've got to be honest, um, uh, Siracelli's is it from Blythe if you go up to Blythe and you go to the chip shop and the ice cream parlour up there they do the best uh, ice cream Franco uh, good pal of mine he owns that place and uh, that ice cream's good so if you open Blythe get yourself to the seafront get yourself to the chip shop and get yourself for an ice cream afterwards perfect so I was, I was perfect Demio's that's where we always go Demio's at, uh, at Whitley Bay that's where we normally Mark Tony's is always nice to be fair Mark Tony Mark Tony does a mean rum, uh, rum and raisin so to be honest yeah there's, we've got plenty of choice we're, we're, we're very lucky for ice cream parlours Exposure TV I think Joe Linton just needs a run of games get a goal streak and he could be a player Calvert-Lewin is an example at Everton um, I, I, I'm not going to dismiss it Exposure TV we've seen plenty of players they were absolutely abysmally at Newcastle. John Dahl Thomason, prime example, goes on to win the Champions League. Um, yeah, I think if Joe Linton was coached properly, um, we might see something different. But at the moment, uh, we're not seeing that. He's simply going on the pitch now, looking not to make a mistake and just to do the simple things. He's not a grafter. And, and I think that was highlighted last week when we were talking about match of the day in the, in the defeated Old Trafford. But... Yeah, who knows? It's it's a, a case. Of, it's a, a case of watch this space, Liam, isn't it? Yeah, well, with Joe Linton, I, I would I would say he was he was one of the catalysts in that first half, and Pickney Castle ended up as an attacking force. So, yeah, I'm just going to say it as I see, and I, I don't think he's the answer to any of the questions. But do I think he had a was it, do I think he had a bad game, which a lot of people suggested? You know, I think he played. I think he actually played quite well. Um, obviously, he's not a finisher. He kind of finishes dinner, but well, you know, he is what he is. Uh, Lee says favourite meat on a Sunday dinner. I do like I do like chicken. If it's beef, it's got to be decent beef. But if it's chicken, it's got to just it's got to peel off the bone. I like a chicken leg. Um, what about you? Uh, well, we always I normally tend to do chicken if if we make it here. But um, if I'm out and, I, and I'm at a fancy place, I would always choose lamb. Okay, yeah, lamb's nice. Yeah, Ken Walker says, has anyone checked how often Wilson was injured at Bournemouth, or is it just our training? I think he's a lad who's always picked up bits and bobs. He had a really long-term one. I think it was a knee um, when he was at Bournemouth and was out for the best part of the year. So, no, I just think he's a type of player that he is. 
Okay, Fraser's attitude is disgusting and he's made of glass, regardless of his ability, says Ryan. The jury's out between the people in the chat about him. Uh, you've caused something with this two-hold midfielders, lock. Jordi Sancaster says, McTominay and Fred are, are the normal two-hold midfielders at Man United. Uh, Pogba plays on the left when this happens. And look, look at the West Ham game. Yeah, no, I, I'm not really bothered about Man United, to be honest. <laughs> I don't really care. The fact is, I think when you play two-hold midfielders, anybody... Um, it's it's a whole, one hole in midfield too many. I just don't think there's a place for it. I think it's a waste. It's almost yeah. like what, you, what you're shielding. And I think that was one of the criticisms of England in the summer was that all oh, they have two hole midfielders. I think everybody can see in a plane like a day that Declan Rice and, and, and Calvin Phillips are a lot more than hole midfielders. A lot more. Oh, okay, Tom Dixon says, Lee, I'm, su I'm surprised your internet hasn't gone off tonight. I know it's having a good night. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going on. Uh, Kevin says, spot on, Liam. We always say we want a team that tries. And Joe Linton did that. And there's definitely a player in there with Fraser. Uh, Anthony says, in the five league games, we created chances and been on the front foot and we should have won in the cup. Compared to last season when we were garbage for 90 minutes, far too often. Jones's influence. Uh, what's happened to your goalkeeper? Uh, says Exposure TV. That keeper against Man United was shocking. Um, to be fair, he's one of our better ones, Exposure TV. Um you know, I think you'll see better games to come from from Dolo. He certainly played well against their lead. Uh, Blue, Blue Moon Boy, uh, Steve, do you think we'll ever do another evening with Gaza? I've had a good one. I've had a, a half-decent one and I've had a bad one. Um, do I want to do another one? I'm not sure. Uh, but never say never, I guess. Um, Exposure TV, you're on fire tonight. Oh, my God, Peter Beers, I'm a Liverpool fan, Steve. Grew up idolising Beersley and Barnes. Get yourself along then. Um, it's well worth jumping on the uh, the old rattler to come up and see him. Uh, get Joe on properly on Friday at the Famous Five. I talked about Joe Walker uh, there. And um, yeah, I, I bet two tipsters drinking the brown ale and putting tea in the bottle, he says. Um, yeah, lots of people talking about the brown ale bottles. Uh, Kirk says, NUFC must have a training ground made of rocks and minefields. The amount of injuries we have when we start playing uh, is suspicious. I have had a lot of injuries. Yeah, there has been a lot of injuries, but it's, it is the way it is. Everybody gets injuries, and injuries always hit harder when you've only got a select uh, select amount of quality players who are injury-prone. Because um, then when you scratch the surface, you may think you've got a 25-man squad, but when half of the players who step in are rubbish, then then that's when you start to hit. And, and that's the whole point of a squad. You've got to build a squad. Um, and I think Newcastle United is paper thin. I think we all knew that. We all know that anyway. Um, so yeah, I, I don't necessarily think they get more injuries than anybody else. Um, although there are people out there who suggested he's had these problems at other football clubs as well. But yeah, I would just say that look, if, if you lose your quality players and you're in trouble, and you cast have done that last season and already a little bit this season too. Yeah, Friday's show will be live, Tom, so don't worry about that. Dolo didn't play against Man United. Yeah, my bad. Sorry about that. Who was the keeper in goal last season for you against Liverpool? Because I thought he was excellent. Dubravka, he's been out long-term injury. We had Woodman in goal at Man United. Dolo was back in against Leeds. I'm not sure if you've seen the game, but he was a lot better. Injuries are down to Bruce. Look at the history, says Ryan. And uh, Paul Gibson says, he looked more beat in the face than the normal Bruce on Friday night. Yeah, I mean, there was a last thing that we'll talk about because uh, we're reaching the end of the show. Just, just that little moment on the touchline when Richie came over for instruction, Steve Bruce was talking to him, and then Graham Jones came in and just went, bang, like that. What did you make of that as a, as a journalist uh, uh, rather than a fan? Uh, fascinating. And, and uh, the the biggest thing that I took from it was the eye contact that that uh, Matt Ritchie stayed absolutely focused in that conversation on what Graham Jones was telling him. Um, that was the bit that I took from it more than anything else, is that, that that's a player who is listening to the coach. And Steve Bruce was almost like, it looked from the outside looking in, looked like almost was more of an inconvenience as part of that conversation than anything else. Okay, quick plug for where you're working these days, Liam, and where people can find your work. Just give it a follow down here at Newcastle, at Newcastle underscore world on Twitter, if you like the sort of thing that I do. You can find me at, at LiamJKennedy23. Um, yeah, for all your, all your Newcastle news talk, get in touch. My DMs are always open. Give us a tweet if you want to talk about something or even want to set the agenda because I'm quite keen on that with um, in this new gig at Newcastle World that, that I want to be writing stories that you guys want to read and want to talk about. So, yeah, feel free to get in touch. Um, honestly, Chris, you, you come on the show. You haven't been on for, you haven't been on for weeks. 
you say because of work and then you say is a fart supposed to have lumps in no chris it's not <laughs> it's not it is that i know no. i think yeah that, that is his question <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant stuff. At uh, 5.30 on Friday, the Fab Four, and uh, yes, it's live. A lot of people asking about that, uh, and uh, uh, it'll be a two-hour show. Uh, won't be an hour and a half, so you're back to your two-hour allowance on Friday night, and uh, I will be back tomorrow night with the retro show uh, with uh, the lads, and we will be looking at the two Bristols, Q, Benny Hill Music, and Double Entendres. Uh, Liam, I will see you next week, mate. Take care. See you later.